You're listening to Death of the Reader. This is Herds, bringing you our fourth place contender for the greatest novel of all time, at least for this year. At least in murder mystery. Well, at least on this show. I bet you're just dying for me to stop this bit. And so is the book, The Dying Day by Vasim Khan. <laughs> the Dying Day is a masterclass in puzzle construction, containing within its leaves the most devilish historical maze that I've had the pleasure of solving this year. As I was the rookie when we covered the book early on, I was able to grab it by the proverbial horns, swing it about, and indulge in Vasim Khan's love of historical trivia, brain teasers, and Indian architecture. We once again find ourselves swept up in the arms of Bombay by an Indian author, abundantly known as, as Mumbai, where we follow the footsteps of Persis Wadia, a police detective stationed at the much maligned Malabar House, where all of the problem children of the police force are sent to while away their days with bit cases and where one false move will send all of their careers careening off of a cliff. Persis herself is a fictional creation and stands in 1950s India as the country's first female police detective. Persis is only concerned with the job, with chasing bad guys and saving the day where she can. At least that's what she says. She has spent hours and hours poring over the books in her father's bookshop, which makes her the perfect mouthpiece when Khan wants to pour forth trivia about the city and its inhabitants and its history. Persis herself is the subject of several terrible conflicts that all pull her in different directions. She is attracted to a British forensic scientist named Archie Blackfinch, who is a lovable, intelligent, clumsy, and sometimes oblivious man who her father disapproves of very much as a match. Persis also finds herself at the center of the Indian feminist movement, throughout the story being recognized at key moments as that police detective who girls all around the country can aspire to be. Persis, of course, despises this narrative and just wants to be left alone. She doesn't want to give inspirational speeches to show people how to live their lives, at least not on that scale. She doesn't particularly want to stand out from the crowd, but just to be treated the same as all of her colleagues, as everybody else. A battle that she fights every single day as she outclasses all of her fellow detectives as the case winds on. It is the push and pull between modernity and tradition then, as well as Persis' contradicting motivation to achieve things outside of her status as an Indian woman in the 1950s, while not appearing politically special, which drives her character arc. Now, there are more material obstacles in the way. The aforementioned puzzles can only be described as a part of a treasure hunt spanning the city of Bombay. When Persis is called up to the plot, she is taken into supreme confidence of the Asiatic society, where it is explained that the society's 600-year-old copy of Dante's Divine Comedy has been stolen away from them. And not only that, but their head curator has vanished seemingly into thin air. There is no trail at all to latch onto, but Persis, of course, stumbles onto one clue, and then another clue, and another, all of them more obscure than the last. And she is tasked along with the reader with decoding ciphers and analyzing literary references, connecting the dots across time and space in order to go from place to place, gathering more clues and finally uncovering whatever lies at the end of Vasim Khan's rainbow. Suffice to say, the construction of these puzzles is ingenious, with safeguards being put in along the way to ensure that only the most dedicated of followers will reach the end of Khan's wild ride. I really enjoyed the whimsy of a proper riddle mystery in modern crime fiction, as it is a, a habit that has lost its style over time, paving the way for crime fiction that is more focused on material and mechanical puzzles, 
with showy explanations or mafia-style whodunits. It was refreshing to watch Vasim indulge in this art of riddle-making, and he has clearly taken a lot of time testing and fine-tuning his crafty riddles to be finely solvable, although I will admit that having access to modern internet services made it just a little tiny bit easier for me than for Persis in the story, who had to travel along using her own two feet and the books that she read as a young girl. The whole thing is nestled within a context of historical conflict. Race and class and sex all play a part in the darker parts of the novel, with the text going so far as to describe the horrors of Holocaust survivors. I would not say that this is the darkest novel that I've ever read in my life, but there is a level of due caution owed to anyone who wants to give it a go. I would, however, highly recommend this story for the puzzle alone, and I look forward to seeing what other Janus-like machinations of murder mystery that Khan can manipulate in the next installment of Malabar House. You're, of course, listening to Death of the Rears review season. This has been Herds having a yarn before we get to the big podium placements of the year. Be sure to get subscribed to your podcast app of choice and let us know at Flex and Herds what novels you'd like us to cover next year. You're listening to 2SCR 107.3.